Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1735. Today we're moving fast on the Bonneville Salt Flats. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in St. Peter's, Missouri, with a very special returning guest. In fact, she's a three-peter here on Cars Yeah. Very few people have been on the show three times. Louise Ann Noeth. Louise, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, you betcha. All right. I'll remind our listeners, Louise was on the show back in 2015. She was guest number 285. Then she returned to talk about the Bonneville Salt Flats and issues there in 2018 as guest number 1116. And, of course, today she's guest number 1,735. So I'm so glad to have you back. Now, before I give you a proper introduction for some of those folks, my new listeners that maybe haven't listened to those older shows, tell us one little thing that most people don't know about you. One little thing that they don't know. Oh, that I'm a I'm a tenor in, in a choir, or I've spent... 25 years singing in a choir in the boys section with guys just because of my voice. The boys section. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's very interesting. Cool. So you've done that for a long time and still do that today? Uh, not because of the pandemic, unfortunately. Oh, singing right. with yeah. people, it's just not going to work. And I will tell you, I, I miss it terribly, especially during holidays. I, I love singing sacred music. And uh, it was really, I had to go outside on, the, on my back deck and just sing to the pond <laughs> and the ducks, but I had to sing. You know, it's a great thing to do, to sing. And uh, of course, you can always sing in the shower, as so many people do. It's about the only place I get away with it. But uh, I think that's fantastic. Something new we've learned about you today. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into something new in your life here. Louise Ann Noeth, better known as Land Speed Louise, is a storyteller known for taking complicated subjects and making them entertaining and very educational. She founded Land Speed Productions in 1984, where she provides film and TV consulting, photography, writing, graphic design, and a whole lot more. She concentrates on land speed racing and people who do extraordinary feats by designing, building, and driving fast cars, trucks, and motorcycles. She raced jet dragsters. She helped Team Vesco capture the current 458-mile-per-hour world speed record and guided Breadlove and Fawcett teams in her past. She's one of the few women journalists in the automotive field who's also comfortable and competent behind the wheel. Her newest book is titled Bonneville Salt Flats, a history and story about land speed racers on the salt. We're going to learn all about that in a minute, but first a word from our very valued sponsors. So sit tight, keep your seatbelts on. We are moving fast today with Land Speed Louise. Be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a quality made custom fit car cover made by Covercraft. It's the best way to preserve your vehicle along with the meanings, memories, and experiences that they give us. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft since 1975. That's right. You'll find a multitude of options depending upon your individual needs. Indoor covers including form fit, fleece satin, and their unique view shield. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their quality options include Weather Shield, Weather Shield HD, Weather Shield HP, Sumbrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, 
and Noah. Covers for cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, and watercraft are all available. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, ding protection, and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. Live in a windy area? Covercraft gust guards are a must-have option. Worried about theft? They also offer cable locks and built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any of the questions you might have. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle. And I've got a deal for you. Use the code YEAH120 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-120, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-9324, and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Louise, we are back. And as we continue on this journey, I'm going to start, before we dive into this book, to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. I'm really curious to whether this is the same one you shared before or if you've evolved a little bit over time. So get those inspirational tires smoking a little bit here and take the wheel. Well, let's see. Something inspirational. I guess, I guess I'd have to think about that uh, a bit. But essentially, I don't see borders because of my gender, and I've, I've never had a, a thought that, oh, you shouldn't do that because you're a girl. I've always been, I guess, stay curious. That If you're going to do that, it's stay curious. No matter what age you are, be curious. And in that curiosity, have respect for the future, but go look for it. I always go look for it. I mean, I'm... Unless I really need a map, I tend to not use one. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that with you, Louise. You know, well, let me tell you what you shared with me last time. But I'm so glad you have something new to share today because that means you've evolved, you've grown, you've changed, which is something that you do all the time. What you told me last time was you can't talk yourself out of a situation you behaved yourself into. Sounds like something a mother would say. (laughs) Well, yeah, I caught it. It's not something that I... I authored, but I recognized when someone else said that, I thought, oh, yeah, I got that. Not only, you know, have I done that, you know, tried to talk my way out of something, especially when I was a kid, 
but I see so many people that do that, and and if you just nicely say something like that to them, you uh, you'd be amazed the change in the look of the person you're interviewing <laughs> or talking to, on how they they know that you're calling them out, but you're calling them out. Uh, gracefully and dignified and giving them a chance to to save a little face. And how about let's hit the rewind a little bit and let's try this again. And it usually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I say it sounds like some a great thing a mom would say. Yep. Uh, because great moms don't just berate or beat you up. They give you an opportunity to kind of gracefully back out of whatever you've done. I remember, you know, a question like, did you eat a cookie out of that cookie jar? Oh, uh, as the crumbs are dripping off your lips. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, the big moment for me, I think, it, it, I think it was about ten or eleven, and it was my mom, my dad, and my grandmother. And I get, I came back late, you know, later than I was supposed to come home. And I had the perfect story, boy. I had this thing rehearsed, polished, and shining like the Hope Diamond. And they all listened. And then my father said, and my grandmother were there, and he said, "I want you to know something." That was very, very good. He said. I used to do the same thing to this lady right here, your grandmother. And I, we know, we understand. Would you like to tell me exactly what you did? Because, you know, it didn't work when I told it to my oh. mom. It's really not working now either. And I was just shattered. Well, yeah, they always know, don't they? They always know. They you know? just always do. Yeah. And you do know. You, and in most cases, don't you just know when somebody's giving you the business or lying to you through their teeth? Yeah, you usually do. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, let's talk about this new project of yours. It's really fascinating. I'm holding into my hands here a wonderful book titled Images of America, Bonneville Salt Flats. Obviously, our author, I'm talking to her today, Lance B. Louise. It's a really wonderful book. So I want to ask you some questions about this. First and foremost, why did you decide to write this? I didn't decide. Uh, Arcadia Publishing decided. They came looking for me, and the call was, um, we understand that you know some something about Bonneville and speed racing, and would you be able to help us uh, do a book on the sport out at Bonneville? Okay, yeah, I think maybe I can do that. And then as we spoke, it occurred to me, and, and it was quite obvious, that while they were interested, as many people are, about this, just like you might be interested in who lives on Jupiter or who, you know, how do they brush their teeth on the International Space Station. They didn't know anything about Bonneville. And as it turned out that that was exactly the case, they were very curious. So we ended up deciding that the first book I'll try to do with them, because this is a whole different story for me, uh, would be to take my original book that was out in 1999, the big coffee table thing, and do it from a visual perspective. So that was the fun for Louise, the journalist, the historian, and the photographer. I had to pick pictures that would look good and evocative in black and white. Uh, even the, the opening picture in the book is the long speedway, uh, but it lived long enough that when I pulled the color out of it, you could still see there was a rainbow at the end of the horizon line. So that's the only reason that thing ended up in the book, because you could still see the rainbow. But I had to tell a story, and I didn't want to tell it to anybody that had been to Bonneville, raced at Bonneville, knew Bonneville, or had been to Bonneville. I wanted the book to be for people who had never been there, may never go there, may never know anybody from Bonneville. But like the International Space Station, they're interested about it. Who goes there? What do they do? And and why do we do that? So I wanted in 128 pages to give them a little taste and flavor 
of what land speed racing at the Bonneville Salt Flats was all about. And in doing so, perhaps get that on their bucket list to go and visit. Whether the cars are there or not, I still think everybody ought to go take a look at the place. It's kind of like going to the Grand Canyon or walking a little bit of the Appalachian Trail. It really is a spectacular thing to go see. You know, you you hit the nail on the head, and I'll tell you why. I interview, have interviewed hundreds of authors. I have a stack of books on my desk in my library that authors send me, uh, people who are publishers send me. So I have a wonderful collection of books. And my wife, Jill, is not a car person at all. She's supported my habit, my 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 hobby, my fun, but she really just isn't into them. They don't interest her. And she walked into my room, uh, my office here, uh, a few days ago, and she said, what's this? And she picked up your book. Now, she typically just goes, oh, more books, and she turns around and walks away. Well, first and foremost, Louise, she picked it up, and then she rolled through it. And she went, oh, this looks really interesting. And I was sitting there going, who are you? And she, she said, what do you mean? And I said, you never care about any of the car books I have. And she said, well, yeah, I do. And I said, no, you never pick them up. You never look at them, but you're you're rolling your thumb across this and you're looking at the pictures, which it's full of wonderful pictures. And you just made that comment. So you hit the nail on the head, Speed. You did it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> See, the book might've been addressed to you, but it was for your wife. Honey. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm hoping she'll take me to the Bonneville Salt Flats. That's... <laughs> That may be a stretch, but you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, this book will inspire her. Well, you tell her she comes, that she comes and she can bring you along and you can you can be in the back seat if you stay quiet. If I, yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> Not very good at staying quiet. Just ask her about that. Let me ask you about this, though. Were there any big surprises as you put this book together? I mean, you, you compiled all these wonderful photographs. Most of these are your photographs. Is that right? Well, in the last part, in the last, uh, the, the more modern pictures, obviously, uh, but in terms of the surprise, the surprise is what the announcement is. And I have three special chapters in there. It, it is a, makes mostly a chronological thing from 1914, the first event, through modern day. But there are three sections in my historical journalistic opinion, uh, subjects that have always kind of gotten the short shift or um, <laughs> nice, nice word, short shift. Love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and and that was motorcycles, and then thrust-powered vehicles like jets and rockets, because jets and rockets can't possibly be hot rods. And then, of course, women. You know, the that you know somehow a, a racing v- machine knows there's a, a boy or girl uh, driving it or operating it. <laughs> so I've dedicated three chapters to it. Well, that last chapter. Uh, one of the pictures that I had shot at the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials in 2012, we'd gathered together all the gals. We put a little uh, word out on the PA and the uh, CB. At this time, be here, we're going to have a group shot of all girls racing at Bonneville. Well, we got like 25, 30 motorcyclists and, and a few more girls that didn't bring their bike, put them all together in this picture and snapped the shot. And so when I was trying to identify each person in the picture, that was my endeavor. Every picture that I used, I was hopeful to be able to find out who they were. And that was more work than actually choosing the pictures, chasing down who the heck is left or right. I went to Delvine Manning, who puts on the speed trials, and asked her to help me with some of the faces I knew, but I didn't have the names. Not only did Delvine do that, but she said, oh, by the way, you know that every single one of those girls has a record. Oh, really? 
And so I said, do you know what they are? She said, oh, I'm sending you the spreadsheet. Not only do they have records at our event, but they have records at other events, and some of them have world records. And I looked at that picture again anew, and I went, Zowie, Batman, wow. And then I started looking at some of the other gals and counting it up. Mark, it was more than 75, 80 women. I stopped counting. I realized there were an enormous amount of women that had participated and in this form of motorsport, there is no other segment in the world of motorsport where more women have records and have helmets and Nomex and skin in the game. They do not, if they make peanut butter sandwiches, it's probably for themselves. If they hold an umbrella, it's usually in the rain. <laughs> it's a wonderful picture. It's an amazing picture. And now that you've shared a little inside story on it, it makes it even more incredible. What a fortunate situation to be able to have all those women there together to shoot that. And, and I have to, uh, the tip of the helmet has to go out to Scooter Grubb because Scooter was the idea that would get groups together. And he said, hey, da, 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 da. You know, and, and Scooter set that, he did more of that to set it up and just allowed me to be there. So I'm, I'm grateful to him and I want to make sure I give a shout out to him on that part. But also, this is news that we should be talking today of all days uh, to, um, talk about my book. Just this morning in the email, Arcadia Publishing has informed me that my proposal to take chapter five in my book, which is what, maybe, I'm trying to see, five, five or six pages. It's women in helmets and the record books, right? Speed and courage are genderless. They've decided that that chapter should be a book. And, and this book is all black and white, but the, the girl's book, by the pioneering women book going to be in color in color <laughs> because in a joke i put it in the proposal it should be color because listen guys i mean they have very colorful helmets and such but really you know there's there's there's, there's a question of nail polish and lipstick here <laughs> <laughs> well you said it not me but i love that whole that whole idea and you know you could be a four peter here on cars yeah when you get that <laughs> one done that'd be pretty cool i think there's only Maybe one person holds that title. So there you go. Look forward to that one. Let me ask you this since I, you know, this, this show is going to be a little different because you've been on the show uh -huh. before and I don't want to ask you all the same questions. But the challenge question is an important question here. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge putting this book together? <sighs> okay. I have my own archive of around thirty to 40,000 images that I've kept and, and not dumped, but for various reasons, because they weren't just the best. Right. But I also have control, and I am the steward of about a dozen other archives. Many, Most of the people are dead, but have given me images from as far back as the 1940s. And so I, I keep those, and I've scanned them, and I've cleaned them, and I've fixed them, and I've taken, you know, rat doo-doo out of them and, and, and unstuck the wings and legs and abdomens and thoraxes of insects off prints, negatives, and slides out of thousands of them. And the hardest part was actually going through and trying to visually, without using words, because this was the first book I did visually mm -hmm. first, to tell a story of land speed racing over a century. And if they could only see the pictures and not see any words at all, would I be able to give them a sense of the place and what people do there. That was the tough part. Yeah. I went through, honestly, probably about six or 7,000 pictures that I looked at 
many were able to be shucked out right away, but it got down to about 500, and that's where I started to cry about which ones had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gets tough. Uh, yeah, editing is a tough deal. And I was talking to a friend the other day about photography this day and age who shoots a lot in the way people shoot now compared to, you know, you and I from old school film type uh-huh. shooting where you were careful. Now you push a button and you get five images. It's bracketed five different ways. And you end yep. up with thousands of things to go through. But that must have been a huge, huge challenge. Is how do you narrow that down? My gosh. Well, it had to be always seriously in focus because it was going to be black and white. Uh, yeah. uh, many of these pictures were black and white to begin with, so no problem there. But I had to strip the color out, and they had to be in, seriously in focus. But there were situations where a non a less than 100% photo made it in the book. For instance, on page 74, there's a picture of Tom Beatty, who's a big name back in the day with uh, superchargers. And it's a picture of him and his wife, Frankie, behind the tank. Well, that was one of the few couples, just like Judy Thompson with Mickey Thompson. Every single one of Tom's records, just like every single one of Mickey's records in the early days, Mm -hmm. was as much Judy and Frankie's as it was their husband. They worked on those cars. And I'm not talking about shining with a polishing rag. Judy Thompson knows how to port and polish. Frankie knows how to build engines. But people didn't know that because they always dressed like just wonderful little, you know, housewives and, 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 you know, that type of deal. So that's, those were the things that had to happen where I needed certain things to be in the book, even though they weren't the best of photography. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was the big deal. I was, I had to have really good quality because again, I wasn't doing this for the racers. And there, you know, in any book you do, you're always going to get somebody that crabs at you that you forgot somebody. And then I had a personal battle because I have a great respect and awe of Bob Higby, who for more than a half century uh, was the starter or worked and volunteered at Bonneville every single year. Even when he had throat cancer and he was dying, he was out there on the starting line. And his his I, most everybody will tell you, and I agree, and I put it in the book, that he's probably saved more lives on the starting line than any safety or fire crew in 20 years of Bonneville, just by seeing things that were wrong. Mm-hmm. And then also Al Teague, who is one of those unsung heroes. I, I, I characterize Al as the kind of guy that when the spotlight shines on him, he's the first one that would like the bulb to burn out. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Nicely said. And, he, and, he, and he's just the hero of the Hot Rodders. Yeah. And he's in the book of Lot. There's multiple pictures of them both. But I felt very strongly that those two gentlemen in all of land speed racing, it resonated with me. And since it's got my name on the doggone book, that's what I'm pushing forward uh, on this. And the third one, the tough part, was how to illustrate 1914, how to get those pictures. I have a few. Thank you, Utah Historical Society Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake. Thank you, thank you, that saved those pictures. But there's a fellow by the name of Robert Rampton, who is a a graphic designer and a self... uh, He he just decided, you know, he doesn't want to golf, but he he certainly likes to do history. In 25-some years, he just decided one day, 25 years ago, that he wanted to know all of the cars and motorcycles that raced at the first event in August of 1914, yeah. who they were, what the cars were, 
what the bikes were, where they came from, how they were built, and then what happened to them after they left the Bonneville Salt Flats. And that's what Robert did. Well, he illustrated these. We got to know each other, and I was bamboozled and stunned at the level of technical drawing. This guy's not 100%. He's like 150%. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he found out something new or found a new picture that took something that was written in a magazine, and now all of a sudden, oh, there's the picture. No, they got it wrong in the magazine. Mm -hmm. These illustrations that are in the first chapter are as complete and authentic as possibly can be after 25 years of research. And I'm talking, there's a lot of eraser rubbing out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pencil drawing on these to where they are as close to authentic as the day they were there in August of 1914, and it has never, ever been published before, or I should say since, 1914, where all of these were in one place. And in Chapter 1, if you want to see what started racing at the Bonneville Salt Flats, it began with these cars and these bikes, and they are illustrated down to the... I mean, down to the last stinking safety wire nut. Well, they didn't have safety wire back then, but you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, they're they're really, really beautiful. And when I was looking at your book, I first went, are these photographs? No, they're drawings. Wow, they're beautiful drawings. Yeah, he did, uh, Robert did an awesome job. These would be something that would be fun to uh, have prints made and hang on the wall. Oh, I've already, already, I'm already... In, in, in cahoots with his wife, and we've told him that unless he gets some metal prints, because I want to get a, cup, a set for my house, yes. as well as when, I go, when we actually have book signings again in the world, and I would like to help promote that, I think it would be stunning to have one big metal print of all the cars on one yes. print, and then all the bikes on another print, and then for those that have little bigger garages or wall space, how about a print? in metal of each one beautifully. And what um, the only unfortunate thing is they're all in black and white, but he did all of these in their original colors. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yep. And they have not just the side shot. He did a left view. He did the right view. He did the back view and did the front view. But I only had enough room to do one view of each one. So how's that to whet your curiosity? (laughs) There you go. There's a marketing, uh, scalable marketing opportunity right there. Let's take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we will be right back talking more about Bonneville Salt Flats with Land Speed Louise. Be right back. GS Events was founded by Cindy Sisson and Teresa Gilpatrick. Together, they create strategic alliances, curated events, and business development connecting automotive brands to discerning audiences. Their flagship offering, Women Shifting Gears, amplifies women's voices and participation in the automotive culture. Through strategically developed events, they create innovative concepts and collaborations that create remarkable professional and personal experiences you won't find anywhere else. GS Events' immersive, inclusive opportunities create networking, skill-building, and unforgettable experiences. Whether you enjoy rallies, concours, auctions, restoration, the business side of collected cars, or you always have yearned to expand your skills to drive vehicles to its fullest potential, GS Events has automotive events and experiences designed just for you. And by the way, both Cindy and Teresa are past guests here on Cars Yeah, so give them a listen. You can find gsevents.live on their website today. 
Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology. It's in high demand. You get paid really well. And you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles. And you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. All right, we are back. Now, I've got to ask you this question. I know you well, but some of my newer listeners, because I picked up a lot of listeners last year, you know, cars, yeah, uh, the podcast grew by 59% last year. And I think it had something to do with COVID because people were stuck at home and needed a little extra to do. So there's a little silver lining in the chaos that happened last year and still continues. Why land speed record setting? Why Bonneville? Where did this passion come from for you? I always go for the underdog. I always go for the little people. I mean, I know, I know the big dogs. I know giant names. I know, you know, household motorsport folk. But for me, in all the motorsport anywhere in the world, and I mean everything, I am most fascinated by those ordinary people who do extraordinary things Mm. just because of the will and the desire and the hope and the attention to the detail. You know, that that little storybook we all might have seen as a kid, the little engine, I think I can, I (laughs) I think think I I can, can. I think (laughs) I can. Yeah, well, that's what land speed racers are. And they are all amateurs, or at least... 99% 99% of them, mm-hmm. but they are the fastest people in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you throw at this. I don't care how many Formula One or IndyCar or drag racing sponsors you get. It don't count for the money, honey. It counts with do you have the smarts and do you have the patience and do you understand what it takes to go, not just go in a straight line, ah, the trick is to stay in a straight line at two, three, four, and five hundred miles an hour in a car that you built between two track houses or in the garage or in the driveway with a pop-up. That's what it takes. And I find that a expression of the great American spirit. It's the same spirit that put the guys and gals on, or the and gals on the moon, the same ones that did this. It's not money; it's magic that comes out of the head and the heart, and that's why I stay there. I love these people and watch the expressions of what they do. It's mechanical art for me. You need a little more passion. Gee whiz! <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> Oh my I've gosh. Been, I've been accused of that before. Yeah, I think so. You you know, when I talk to you, Louise, I always get goosebumps on my arms because you get me so fired up. The passion is just, it just exudes out of you. I'm going to ask you a very different kind of question here. And I'm very curious and I'm glad it's running on the tails of that very passionate uh, couple of lines of, of wonderful words you shared with us there. If you were manifest as a land speed record vehicle, now, this isn't what you want to be or which one you want to be. This is, 
your attributes as a human being, your personality, all the pieces of Landspeed Louise tied together into a Landspeed Record vehicle, what would you be? And more importantly, why? Belly tank legs, sir. <laughs> well, that was too easy. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it as you were, I was processing, <laughs> okay. which is kind of a streamliner. Yeah. But I wouldn't say a streamliner because they're the fastest things on earth and they're doing that, but a belly tank lexer because it's it's much cooler looking than a roadster. <laughs> oh, that's going to get me enemies right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble now. <laughs> um, but there's more to do. Yeah. With a belly tank lexer, you got to you got to cover those wheels if you're going to streamline and go a little faster, yeah. go a little faster. You're going to maybe have a little more of a motor that you need to put in it that you can't put in a belly tanker. Mhm. So there's there's always more to do. It you hang and swing in the balance. There's it, you've come a long long way. You can taste that that great speed, but there's always that there's a hunger. There's more hunger there. So I like to stay hungry. I like to I like to be good at what I do. I like to win. You know, don't we all? Mm-hmm. But I always want more to do. I always want to know there's some place to go. So I think I would be a belly tank lakester who would want to wake up someday to be a streamliner. <laughs> Nicely done. I love it. That's very cool. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to this passion that you have for salt flats, speed record racing, all the people and the machinery tied into this? What's one of those habits that you do every day, every part of your life that has contributed to those Wonderful moments in your life. Curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity and and the I found out very young in in Miss Sharkowski's class <laughs> in fourth grade in Henderson School in Chicago that I had the ability to read things that my classmates that were that were puzzled by and, and I would always I was always in a spot of the library when we went quote to the library mm-hmm. that was for older kids because the stuff that we were supposed to read bored me and I was able to read that understand it and then explain that to my own group of folks and I could see the look on the faces of the adults when they would kind of now what do you really think you know about that and I would spurt forth what I had read and I would report on that. I didn't realize that I was a, a, a handmade or a homemade journalist or a, a reporter, but I could read stuff that's very technical or very di- difficult, and I, I sought that, and yet I could explain it to people who had never been involved with something yeah. like that. It just made sense. It's because of that curiosity, and I think it's not because I'm smarter or less smarter than anybody else. It's just that I'm very passionate and curious about it, so therefore... I have no choice. I must understand it. And if that means I got to go get a dictionary, I'm going to go get a dictionary. I have no choice. I must. I love it. That's great. If I could uh, wave a magic wand and allow you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in this field, either living or someone who's passed, who would it be? Oh. So many great people. Probably. Well, probably three people. And we'll have a party. Most then. little tables have four. Got to be only one. No, no, it can be three. We can have a party. There's there's several decades. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Tetzloff would have to be one. Ab Jenkins would be another one, and John Cobb would certainly be a, a fellow that I would want to have 
a good chat with. And then the one guy that I did know, but not too long, and we never got enough messages, a modern-day guy, I'd want to sit down and have a good cup of tea with Sterling Moss about his time at Bonneville. I found out about his time at Bonneville through Phil Hill, but Sterling and I never got enough time to talk about it because he was always getting interrupted because he was the star and I was just the vagabond <laughs> kid trying to get five minutes of his time. Right. You know, that's fascinating little bit of trivia there that I think a lot of people may not know about Sterling Moss. So uh, you got to go and Google that and do a little research, listeners, because I think you'll be quite surprised at what you learn about Sterling Moss and Bonneville and going fast in a straight line. Uh, I always ask my guests about a great book. Obviously, the book we're talking about today, which is uh, Louise's book here, <laughs> Images of America, Bonneville Salt Flats. We're going to put that at the top of her list of books. Uh, we'll have another one coming up here when you come out with this next book. Are there some other great resources you would advise people who are now very intrigued about the Bonneville Salt Flats where they could go and learn more? Yeah, I, there are a number of books that are out there. Some of them have been put out there strictly to make some money. They've got great pictures, but they're they're just a miserable assemblage of things that were not fact-checked. You know, oh, look, let's, this was published here, so it must be great. Let's just reprint this. So I, as a historian, I take umbrage to that because I go to such detail to try and make sure that it's correct. Right. So there's a lot of that where there's great pictures. So I warn people on that. Then there are those that really put some good time and effort into it. The latest one that's really done a spectacular job of one of the cars out of Bonneville is John Bechtel's book, uh, Goldenrod. Mm, yeah. It is the Summers Brothers book, and it talks about how the brothers got together, the Roadster and then the, the Pollywog, which preceded, it was kind of the test monkey for the Goldenrod, uh, how they set the record, then what happened to the brothers, what happened to the car, went into decline and disrepair, the restoration, and, and now it sits in the Henry Ford Museum in uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And if you had that book and you wanted to build that car, it's so well detailed, you could probably build the, the goldenrod off of that. Very few people do uh, exactly that. And I guess the other one is Carl Ludwigson's Reed Railton, Man of Speed. Yes. Carl did a spectacular job. Most people have no idea who the heck Reed Railton is, and yet he was he was this stunning and virtuoso. He is with mechanicals what Tchaikovsky was with music, mm. if you will, or Mozart was with music mechanically. And Carl did a spectacular job on that. So, and and then another thing, a personal one would be. Sarah Kasperwitz, The Reluctant Rock, Rocket Man, which is the backstory of Ray Dousman and how he was a kid all his life from the alleys, the gravel alleys in Blue Island, Illinois, with rockets, and how he grew up to design and build the rocket motor that fueled Gary Gablich's Blue Flame, uh, which is still, as we talk today, mm -hmm. the world's, or the America's fastest design and built hot rod. And it's got to be a hot rod because all the hot rodders in Milwaukee built it, took it out there, and decided they'd see how fast it could go. And that's what a hot rod's about. Where could people go to learn more about the Bonneville Salt Flats? Is there a definitive website where they could just go? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you you got to hunt around. I would go, 
I would go to the library and see what you can find on motorsport. I would I, certainly the web search uh, these days uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of things out there, but I caution you, ladies and gentlemen, be careful what you read and 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 certain. Uh, books there. They might be wonderful, but that doesn't mean that they're the full truth. The names that I don't mention, uh, it's because I, I like the pictures in the book, but I don't particularly care for how, what a poor job they did with uh, the text. And, uh, another good one I just thought about, the new one by Richard Noble called Take Risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it was about how, it's not about the, necessarily the cars, but how this guy, who I think is the British super, super secret weapon for land speed for the British people and the British Empire. Yes. If we had a Richard Noble here in America, we would go kick their butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my listeners, you got to uh, go back because Richard was a guest not too long ago here on Cars Yeah. Carl's been a guest on Cars Yeah. So we've had some fast runners and a lot of land speed record people here on Cars Yeah. So uh, just go back into the uh, archives there and you'll find all of these folks. We're up to the checkered flag. Now, do they have a checkered flag at Bonneville? How do you, or is it a, a, a a sign that goes lights off when they pass the finish no, line. No, but let's teach the people about this. There are two kinds of records that you can set at Bonneville. One is a national record, and the other one is a world record. Mm. In a national record, you have the option of going through a a series of miles. Uh, and this is a long course thing, but you have to set a speed over the course of a mile in one direction, and that has to be through certified time clocks after your car or your truck or your motorcycle has been inspected for safety and tech to make sure it, it's in a specific class, yes. that it's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then the following day, if you get that record or you qualify on the record, if the record's 100 miles an hour, you go 105, you've qualified. You go into impound, you get to fill it up, pack the parachute, check it out, make sure it's okay, and then you have to leave it there and show up in the morning, and that's for record runs. And all the people that qualified run the next day. If you go 110 miles an hour, okay, now they add those two up, and your new record is 107.5 because all records are an average of two runs, no one-shot wonders. Got it. It's different for world records. In a world record, you have to go over the same piece of real estate within 60 minutes of tripping the clock the first time. So at 12 noon, you break the beam. You have to run the mile, stop, turn around, and break the beam on the way back at 12.59.59, or you get to start all over again. That's what makes world records harder. And to give you a good example... Our world record is 458 with the Turbinator at the moment, Mm -hmm. but our national record is at 492, I think, because when we ran the 503 one way, it rained and we couldn't back it up. So it's only a personal best. But I don't know about you, but I take 503 as a personal best. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think I've only gone that fast in a jet airplane. So uh, yeah, I'll take that on on the on the salt. Okay, here's my last question for you, Louise. This is kind of fun. We we just went past Christmas time, so I missed uh, parking something special in your driveway. But today I'm going to do it. If I could park any historic land speed record vehicle in your garage, something for you to have, to look at, to do whatever you want with, which one would it be? Mm. 
do I get to keep it? Of course you do. It's yours. It's a gift from me. It's yours forevermore oh. to share with the world. Do whatever you want with. Oh, then it would be Al Teague's Spirit of 76. Yeah. Streamliner. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. I love Betsy. And she'd be my new best girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I That's love her nickname. It. I love it. Yeah, I got that. Louise, you have taken me on another great ride today. I knew this would go fast. It'd be fun. And it'd be very, very passionate, which you always bring to the game here at Cars Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I want to thank you for uh, spending some time. And congratulations on this new book titled Images of America, Bonneville Salt Flats by Lance B. Louise. Before I let you go, what's little one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer our listeners? Oh, same that I said earlier. Stay curious. Yep. You know, go find people, even if you don't think you know them or like them. You might find out that we're a lot more alike than we are apart. <laughs> we are. That's for sure. What's the best way for my listeners to learn more about you? Well, the website, and what's that? which I'm starting to update, uh, www.landspeedproductions.biz. Bravo, India Zulu. <laughs> there you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Louise's show notes page. Go to carsyad.com and check it out. You got to get your hands on a copy of this book. I'll put it on her page. You can click to buy one. Uh, if you've got friends, these make great gifts as well. Louise, thank you for being so generous and bringing so much passion to the show again today. You're a, such a delight to talk with. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you either down the road or at Bonneville. That sounds fun, right? You betcha. All right. Thanks, Mark. Sure appreciate it. This was great. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, founded Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the Apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip apex, reminiscent of Turn 4 at Laguna Seca. The racing series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the racing series. 
Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYA at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code CARSYA. Cheers! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!